happened is Cecil's one of the smartest people on the internet that's always wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Radio Drone. People often criticize me, Josh Hadley, on this show. I'm not sure if they are right to. Yes, they are. But people can't criticize Cecil T. Cyborg because he now has his new legs. They certainly can't, although I'm one of the people that criticizes you. Yeah, 50-50. And then we have Peter, not quite critic-proof, Gajic with us as well. What a load of buffalo diarrhea cumsicle f- nuts. Yeah, and I got a... <laughs> I gotta beep out the middle of that. Thank you. <laughs> you know what? For that, Adam and Eve promo, Buckle. Okay. All right. Uh, if you go to adamandeve.com and uh, use the promo code DROME, you can get yourself uh, some, some free stuff. You can get a gift for him, a gift for her, some sort of mystery gift. I believe it was uh, six free DVDs uh, using the promo code DROME, and you get free U.S. shipping, that's only to the U.S., so if you're from Canada or in Zimbabwe, you're screwed. So go go down to, to adamandeve.com and uh, motor-powered cumsicle to shove up your ass or something. I don't know. See, Cecil, see how easily that flowed from him? You always have so much trouble. What are you talking about? I'm, like, kind of good, better, kind of. But I no, think see, it's because you, you, keep, you keep making DVDs. Cecil do it. See, I'm criticizing you, Cecil. That's why. Uh, now, see, it's practically scripted for me at this point because you keep making Cecil do it, so I've like memorized it by heart by now. By proxy. Yeah. <laughs> Tonight we're going to talk about criticism. Now, we've done this on the show before, not with this cast and not in the way that I'm going to be doing it tonight. A recent review came out of the movie Pixels, and I put the word review in quotes because it was essentially... 10 minutes of screaming obscenities at a webcam over footage from the from the trailers. It, it was not really a review. It was, this thing is the biggest cum load of f- monkey dick. It, there was no structure to it. It wasn't a review. So it went viral. And it kept being called a review. And I started to think, is this what movie criticism has come to? Is this the modern equivalent of criticism? You have... Film critics that we all grew up on being fired from the magazines and newspapers and channels that they used to work at and being replaced by essentially webcam screamers. I mean, I'm not a fan of Peter Travers, but he just recently got fired from Rolling Stone magazine after all after like two decades because they found they can get it better and cheaper on the Internet. Why should we pay you a bunch of money when you have an established name to actually criticize a movie when we can get some blogger to do it for free all for the cost of a byline? Is Mm. this what movie criticism is coming to? Or is this the aberration before we get back to, I hate to say the norm, but real film criticism you you have points but it's like you would be looked at like the old man that's yelling at change i i i think that um rolling stone firing pete travers was dickish but 
we don't know the whole story. I mean, there is a possibility that maybe he was asking for more money or maybe uh, just wasn't delivering up to their standards. So who knows? I mean, we're just kind of going by his word. And Although I would be willing to take his word over Rolling Stone because there are a bunch of scumbags there. They kind of don't have any credibility anymore, do they? No, something about rape, I think, kind of blew any shred of credibility they would have ever. I I don't know. I think that uh, I think that there there definitely needs to be a mixture. I don't see there like as as much as I'm not particularly a fan of the, uh, you know, yelling at your webcam about a movie that made you angry. I think that there there is a place for that. Uh, I personally am not the you know it the audience for that, but there are a lot of people that are uh, the but audience. I'm not for talking that. about the audience though, Cecil. I'm asking, is that film criticism? I watched that Pixels review. There was not anything critical in there about, other than this sucks. Well, I mean, there are a lot of people that would take that 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 is somebody being passionate about disliking something that that it was so bad that they were offended by it. Again, that's not my particular cup of tea, but there are a lot of people that uh, that's uh, it's also a good bit of preaching to the choir. There were people that hated that movie before it was even released and they wanted it to be that they wanted it to be so bad that somebody would would be willing to get on a camera and just yell about it. Now, whether or not the movie actually deserved it remains to be seen. I haven't seen it, but I know a couple people who have, and they said that uh, while it's not a great movie, it's not a movie that deserves that kind of bile. So, uh, but again, there are people that they, for whatever, uh, kind of like, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this out there and kind of like an M night movie. Like before, like M. Night's got a new movie coming out in September. There are already people calling it the worst movie ever made, and it's not even out yet. So mm. there are people that they they don't like him so much that they just want the movie to fail. And the same thing with this. There are people that now hate Adam Sandler so much that they want the movie to be bad just so they can see, you know, people flying off the handle about it. Well, as Cecil said, there's definitely uh, a place for it, and uh, whether you like it or not, guys like uh, like James Rolfe and and Doug Walker definitely paved the way for for stuff like that with the whole angry review format. But uh, the way I see it, comparing James Rolfe to a lot of the webcam screamers, as you'd call them, at least um, whether you like Rolfe's style or not, he would usually he would usually list why. Uh, something sucked. Like he, he wouldn't just say this sucks. I hate that. This is cum buckets or whatever. He would actually delve into why he would delve into what doesn't work. Why this is unresponsive. Why something isn't working. Like he's trying to speak to 12 year old boys constantly oh, comparing so I- everything to poop and vomit and everything. It's like, okay, you're, you might be listing why it's bad, but oh my God, the backgrounds are colored like, like shit that's been vomited out. Uh, that's, well, that's not just exactly uh, high-level well, criticism. But the thing is, just his, it's just his style, though. It doesn't really matter whether 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 you find that funny or not, Josh. There are people that do, and there's definitely a market for it. Where there's also are you criticizing um, me right now, you son of a bitch? Yes, I'm criticizing you. You bucket of buffalo diarrhea. And there's also that's a fair. market. There's also a market for you know Cecil's reviews as well. And in my opinion, more people should be watching s- stuff like Cecil's. Or listening to and to toot 
our horn more stuff like ours that that does in my opinion have more thought put into it because i think it's 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 a little harder to write a good review while still being critical while still explaining why something is good or why something is bad uh without resorting to as you said the the 12 year old type sense of humor and i and i do like a lot of james rolf's videos but i can at the same time agree with you that they do come across as juvenile but what i'm trying to say is is that even with rolf's kind of raunchy style it's still better than a lot of the shit that we're seeing nowadays where it literally is just somebody screaming for you know 10 to 15 minutes or whatever going on and on about this sucks this is garbage this is bullshit this is a load of this or that without any actual real substance in explaining why they're just latching on to a buzz name that that people hate right now everybody hates adam sandler now everybody's just waiting for him to put out a movie uh so they could automatically hate it much like with an m night Shyamalan movie to me i mean i i don't i don't even think that guy's a, a bad filmmaker i mean he's put out a couple bombs but i still signs was on signs was the bomb yo <laughs> It, it's become that sort of thing where you establish somebody as being shitty and you get excited about talking about how bad they are instead of actually looking forward to something. And I think that, if anything, is I guess it's part of the whole screaming webcam reviewer trend because people are, are so much more into being angry and cynical about something rather than actually getting excited about something and uh, and being being positive about something. So I think it's it's going hand in hand with the general cynical attitude that a lot of people have going hand in hand with the whole screaming uh webcam reviewer thing. So it's uh it's a little bit from from both ends, not only just from the style of quote unquote critique, but also just from what the audiences seem to want now, which uh to me honestly is is quite fucking bizarre. Well, no, you brought up that people are so cynical and negative. That's one of the complaints about the modern-day film critic, is all they do is look for the negative in a movie. I say, technically, they have to to be a film critic. The dictionary definition of criticize, and I quote, is to indicate the faults of in a disapproving way. Synonyms, to find fault with, censure, denounce, condemn, attack, lambast, pillory, rail against, and this goes on and on. Antonyms are praise. So literally being a film critic is to look for the faults in a film. Because to me, when you praise something, like even if you, you honestly love a film and you just gush over it, even if it's 100% honest and true, it comes across like it's a paid for, like, like, like it's a stub, like, yeah. you know, you, like you're vamping for this product. Whereas when you're negative about something and finding faults, if you're doing it in an intelligent way, I consider that actual criticism. Do you think that things are too negative when you take the literal dictionary definition of what it is to criticize? Is that a fair criticism? Well, like going by the dictionary like term that's not what criticism really is i mean that might be what the dictionary term is but that's not really what we expect like we we i like to hear when when a movie comes along and it completely defies expectations and is really good and surprises people. I want to hear that. I don't want to hear that everything sucks because that's one of the reasons why I started doing my show is because I got tired of this whole everything sucks. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times the stuff that was, all, you know, there, there's a lot of movies that just, oh, this sucks. And then you get a lot of people that have this notion before they've even seen it. You'll get... 
I was going to watch that movie, but I heard it sucked. Or, uh, oh, God, that director. He Like, if, if talking about Michael Bay, I'm not a particular fan of his Transformers movies. But if you're going to say that, like, the stuff that he made prior to that, like, Pain is on... Pain and Gain and the Island are awesome. Mm-hmm. I still need to see Pain and Gain. But Pain the and Island... Gain's really good. A it lot is. of people say Pain and Gain is, is really good. But, uh, but I'm talking about, like, you get people that will retroactively dislike his stuff and it's like no the island is good the rock is good even mm-hmm. bad boys is good yeah, yeah bad boys like, 2 is great yeah i mean so it's 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 just funny to me that like because he now makes i don't want to say bad movies but they're they're not they're not good and they're not targeted at me but they make a crap ton of money so i understand why he makes them but for for people to to go and say that he is a bad director it's like but then he'll put out something like i haven't seen it yet but i mean going by what i've heard that pain and gain was genuinely good and that there were a lot of people that were like i can't believe this was michael bay it's like well the guy knows what he's doing he might be uh you know an egotistical ass that's been putting out these Transformers movies that apparently nobody likes, but somebody's going to see them because they make a crap ton of money. I get tired of that. I get tired of uh, certain actors that get lumped in. They'll do one bad movie and all of a sudden they suck. And I, I just, uh, I, I, the negativity on the internet in general is just irritating. And yeah. now the thing is, I'm sure you'll probably disagree with me, Josh, but I know now it's it's cool to hate on Adam Sandler. He sucks. But the fact that people, again, are retroactively going back and Adam Sandler's never done a good thing. No, you go to hell. You're telling me the Happy Gilmore's not funny. You're telling Punch me the Billy Matt. You're telling me the Billy Matt. Well, they're they're usually they're the majority of the people that are hating on Adam Sandler have never seen any of his like drama stuff. So mm. they're strictly going. They're probably going from like little Nicky and up. Going and saying like Happy Gilmore and the Waterboy and stuff was never funny. You're now you're lying. Do you have certain reviews nowadays or certain movies that are doomed just because like say Adam Sandler, the next movie he makes, one of one of the Netflix movies he hasn't made yet. Let's say it is a it's written by Harlan Ellison and it's going to be directed by David Mamet. Do you think people would still go, well, it's Adam Sandler, so it's going to suck? Yes. Do you think there are movies that are doomed just from inception on a critical level? Yes, absolutely. You could you could tie Adam Sandler to a movie with like who it wouldn't matter, honestly, because what we what you would get is, let's say, uh, Scorsese directing a Sandler film. It would no longer now nor under normal circumstances written by by Andrew Kevin Walker. Under normal circumstances, it would be a Scorsese film. But once they found out that Adam Sandler is in a Scorsese film, it all of a sudden metamorphosizes into a Sandler film. And even if it's like dead serious and it's putting him in a different light, it it still would be like, oh, guys, sucks. Because what what kills me is remember way back in the 90s when Stallone's career was in the toilet because he uh, his ego had gotten the better of him because he'd made like four bombs in a row and he made like four bombs in a row and so he kind of wanted to get back to basics and show his acting chops so copland was fantastic so he did copland he gained weight and he did copland and people looked at him differently i don't think we would have that nowadays 
We would like because if you had Sandler, who's like, all right, you know what? I want to try to make a more. He's tried to make more serious men. He has made more serious movies, yeah. but now if he was to make a serious movie, and even if he had a top shelf director, top shelf writer, top shelf, uh, you know, DOP, he still it still would be oh god, another Sandler film, you know. <laughs> so the internet has become overly cynical. Yeah, like they they don't seem to like to give people another chance anymore. Well, now, I, I, the movie I'm going to bring up is an, is arguably this person's worst film. But, like, look at Shyamalan with After Earth. They almost hid him from the <laughs> advertising. His name is only in the, on the poster in, little, in the little print at the bottom. He's not mentioned in any of... That entire movie was sold as a Will Smith movie. And then mm -hmm. people found out retroactively... Wait, that was a Shyamalan film? Because his name is such poison. After Last Airbender, marketing said we can't put him on the poster. Now, mm. to be fair, After Earth is Shyamalan's worst movie. There's zero redeeming value in that but film. But it wasn't his fault. I, I think some of it was his fault. Some of it was, well, most of it was probably Will, Will and, uh, Smith was... and his can't act son. Yeah, yeah. Airbender... He's shit on. I mean, that that movie gets shit on. It's not. Airbender a, is really bad, though. It's not a good movie. However, it made a ton of money, which I realize is not the like in, in Hollywood's eyes that is the sign of a good movie. But in like everyone else, that's you know, even though if a movie makes a lot of money, it's not good. But I think that that movie was doomed to fail to begin with. Like in in for American audiences, the fan base for Airbender is so ridiculously rabid that I don't think that even if the movie was good, I don't think they would have liked it. They would have found something to be angry about. You know, yeah. you didn't you didn't focus on this character enough or or you changed this character or you did something like completely lifeless acting, the stilted script that reads like a play. I'm not the defending terrible effects. I, I am not defending it. I am saying is that that movie regardless was was doomed to fail like that was that was a movie that he really that is not his forte he's better yeah. doing smaller films uh well smaller comparatively because his films are still relatively expensive but i mean movies that feel a little bit more you know not not signs for epics. example you only had four real main characters. Yes, you had yeah. some side characters, and it took place over the world. Right. That movie focused on four people, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was pretty much the family. With, uh, well, yeah, with movies like, like Signs, with movies like Unbreakable, those, to me, I think, are where Shyamalan really shines, whereas you've got this uh, project where he tries to do Airbender, and he's got to deal with all the uh, weeaboo cunt fans of the TV show. <laughs> With like the new Fantastic Four movie coming out this, what? this Fan week. Stick Four? Fan Four Stick Four? Yes. With that coming out this week, <laughs> and the and the news that all reviews are embargoed until it opens. Do you think when a when a company embargoes reviews, they know that they've got a stinker on their hands? They know that they don't want a repeat of Crow City of Angels? This had happened before this. Harlan Ellison with Dune was a classic example. They said, we can't let any of the critics see the movie. They knew Crow City of Angels was a dud. They didn't let any of the critics see it. Critics had to see it opening night. So they got a fantastic opening weekend. Then as soon as the critics' reviews all came out in the newspapers or magazines the next week, 
box office dropped by 32%, and then the next week, 63% to almost nothing. Do you think an embargoed review is basically, we don't want another Crow City of Angels on our hands? Pretty much, and I think they, they really are terrified of the reviews for the, what, what was it that Cecil called it? Fan Four Stick Four. Um, I think just with just with all the uh, the the behind the scenes that's been going on with that one with with Josh Trank just unreliable and then fucking things up and just making it about him for whatever reason and and just um not even so much the the casting choices but just the weird iteration of of Doctor Doom in in that film I, I think. Critics are whether the movie ends up uh, being surprisingly decent or not. I mean, I do I do plan on checking it out because I do like the Fantastic Four and I would like to to check out this version of it. But I I think it ultimately is doomed to to have the the living speed out of it just due to the the reputation of its filmmaker to the to the changes that are made and and the the obvious obsessed fans of the source material that are going to go ape shit so i think holding holding back on the reviews obviously is a is a sign that they're terrified of it just completely being uh unbankable which at this point it it might already be like i i already kind of predict that this one is likely going to do pretty horribly at the box office um, honestly, it, I, I don't know because I think that there is potential there, but the embargoed reviews doesn't always mean bad because there are some times where the studio just doesn't have faith in the movie. The movie's actually good. Blair Witch example, 2. Blair Witch 2. Blair Witch 2 is one. Uh, now granted, if they would have just released the correct version to begin with, I'm we told wouldn't. You, I still like the theatrical cut. Now, nah, the, after you see the the real cut, you see that it is a it it is a far superior movie. But I mean, the thing is with the with the theatrical cut, with that, you see that there's a good movie in there. Whereas with the director's cut, it's like okay, this is undeniably a good movie. Taken was a movie that got delayed, I believe, a, like over, well over a year of release. It was already Cabin out. Woods was. Cabin in the Woods. I can't remember exactly how long. Yeah, well, Cabin in the Woods was delayed because MGM went out of business. Also, one of the things I heard was Cabin in the Woods was that they had there was no bankable stars. Then all of a sudden, Chris Hemsworth is in it, and it's like, oh, we got a bankable star all of a sudden. Yeah, (laughs) they were like, oh wait, Thor, you know, put it out, put it out for God's sake. But that's the thing. There are a lot of movies where the studio doesn't get it, and they're like, this is going to be a bomb. And so they put it out. So so yeah. So we've got Cabin in the Woods, Taken, Underworld, so you know Blair Witch Two, so many movies that the studio didn't understand. So they didn't want the reviewers to like get into it, and they'll put an embargo on it, and then they'll release it in like a dump month. I think Fantastic Four they're releasing now because you know the, well August is the summer dump month. They spent like two hundred and fifty million dollars. They can't dump this one. They have to just put it out and hope it makes a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think it probably is going to do well because there are a lot of people talking about it. The theater near here that I've been checking out my movies at lately, I'm hoping that they have like a, a midnight showing because I would like to go see that and, you know, uh, put my, you know, put my feelings down. Cause that's one that I've been very curious about for the past few months. And I hope it's good. I'm like, I'm like Peter. I, I want a good 
Fantastic Four movie because the the potential's there. It's a comic that I read when I grew up, and there was a I, good Fantastic I, Four movie made in 1994. Okay, but now does the critic matter anymore in the internet age where? Back in the 70s and 80s and whatnot, you'd, your local channel, your news channel would have a, a critic that would come on every Friday and talk about, you know, the new Death Wish movie or something. And they would usually hate it, you know, because when you send a stuffy critic or a Siskel and Ebert type to a slasher movie or exploitation movie, they always hate it. You mm-hmm. used to have that and then you had the critics that you followed in the magazines and whatnot. Nowadays, with everybody having a blog, everybody being a, a, calling themselves a critic, does the film critic matter anymore? If David Manning in 2000 was able to, Sony was able to get away with David Manning for almost a year before anyone noticed, does that say that the critic just doesn't matter? For those that don't know, and we talked about it on the show before, David Manning was a fake film critic made up by Sony to give movies that they knew were bombs great, great taglines. Like, you know... For Hollow Man, The Animal, The Patriot, A Knight's Tale, and Vertical Limit, David Manning had quotes like, This year's hot new star, Heath Ledger, The Animal, another winner! And he was a (laughs) fake critic that was made up by Sony. It wasn't until Newsweek dug into this and exposed him, Sony actually lost a class action lawsuit. They had to refund $5 to every person that told them that they went and saw the animal, Hollow Man, etc., because of David Manning's recommendation. They spent a million dollars giving money back. So if David Manning can exist for over a year in 2000, being a fake movie critic for real movies, does that say that the critic really doesn't matter? I wouldn't say that the, the critic doesn't matter. I think they... It probably matter even a lot more nowadays just because of go online and, and read the blogs and, and watch the the video log videos of the, the, the dudes screaming about how horrible something is. So I guess it's it's not so much that the critic doesn't matter, it's that the professional critic doesn't matter so much. It's not it's not really about anymore about the, the Siskel and Ebert types that actually have their, their own segments on, on TV or or the people writing the articles in the magazines. Now it's about well, well, what funny internet personality has, has said this about this movie? Because there are a lot of people who will see, you know, like the review of, uh, of Pixels or whatever other screaming video log video is out there of, of a movie just being completely destroyed. And they'll see that and go, well, now I don't need to see that movie because the critic that I follow that, that I follow online has convinced me that it's a piece of shit and I never have to go see it. But so, you've never heard of David Manning. Why would you care what he thinks? <laughs> because it was different in, in 2000. The internet reviewer thing hadn't really, really boomed yet. Nobody would be able to get away with the whole fake, you know, tagline writer guy thing nowadays because it's just, it's so oversaturated at this point with uh, reviewers and, and critics and just people who who write, uh, you know, internet articles and make uh, make videos on, on YouTube. Whereas in 2000, there was nobody really doing that as, you know, as like a passion project, as a hobby. So a studio could get away with that for a year or more of this like fake thing made up to to praise a film like there's just no way that anybody could really get away with that now. 
I disagree. The AV Club just this week was embroiled in one of those. The AV Club reviewed last year David O. Russell's, quote, lost film. Uh, in America, it was called Accidental Love. Overseas and in Canada, it was called Nail. Mogul at Mogul Distributing put the DVD out in Canada. The AV Club is quoted as a cinematic masterstroke. <laughs> what they actually said was, quote, to be fair to whoever refashioned accidental love from the abandoned scraps of Nailed, there is little reason to believe that the ideal, untroubled version of the material would have been a comedic masterstroke, unquote. <laughs> they literally just took out the two words they wanted out of a negative review and said, now it's a positive review. And more people have come forward now saying that not just Mogul, but other companies have been doing this. There, there was a review of a play. He just tore into this play. But at one point, he's at one point in his review, he said this film could have been a masterpiece. So they just took out a masterpiece. Hmm. And then they credit it to the critic. So I think I think the critic doesn't matter if they're able to get away with this to just pull the one little bit of a quote that they want and go, this guy, the AV club, has a huge audience. We we put their their blurb on the cover. Doesn't matter that they were actually insulting in the movie and actually hated it. Their blurbs on the cover and it looks positive. So I disagree with you, Peter. I have a I have a good one for you. Um, if you would go to uh, when when I went to see Ant Man, they ran a trailer for a movie called Masterminds. Now it looks like a complete pile of shit, but if you go to the IMDb and you go to their little message board section, there is a post there it says went to a screening of masterminds and it's from april read that and tell me that's not written by somebody in marketing because i was like you know what i'm curious i'm gonna see how lazy this person was so i copied the entire like review and did a google search it showed up on like five different websites and then it just showed up on the official facebook page for this movie, like from like a week ago, the exact same thing. I'm like, you guys aren't even trying. Like, because this well, movie see, looks what, horrible. Oh, yeah. Uh, to go back to David Manning, Sony for Mel Gibson's The Patriot, if you remember what the TV spots were, there was very little footage of the movie. It was people coming out of the theater talking about what a trans transcendent experience it is. And Mel Gibson hit it out of the park. All those people coming out of the movie theater were Sony employees. Oh my God! <laughs> Even the uh, the what Cecil brought up as an example—the fact that he was able to just Google that and find that on several different sources—I'm saying that people will still do it. It's just harder to actually get away with it now because there are a lot more people doing movie critiques and movie reviews, even just as a as a hobby. So there are a lot more sources for people to go and watch something about a movie rather than being very easily tricked by a phony review from a studio. A lot of people can can very, very quickly find out that it, it isn't really quite so what the uh, what the studio is trying to push on you. They can go off and, and look for somebody else's review of it and go, well, this is different. I think the days when when a film critic this is going to come out more arrogant than I intend, but when a film critic was feared by the studios are over. Look mm. at Harlan Ellison with Dune. He was so critical of the making of Dune that MGM actually barred him, not only from critic screenings, he worked for Starlog magazine at the time, and he was their main critic. Starlog said, we're sending Ellison. They said, oh, there's problems with your press passes. 
then he was he said, I know people at MGM. I'll get into a private screening. He was barred at the door. They just said, oh. we Harlan Ellison's going to hate this movie. He's not allowed to see this movie. There were a few <laughs> other critics for Fangoria ran into that in the 80s with, uh, I don't remember what, what movie it was, like Child's Play 2 or something, where their critic was embargoed. All the other magazines got in, but it's, no, we know you're going to shit on the movie. You don't get into a crit critical press screening. That is some sleazy, dirty pool. Th that's when they feared negative criticism. They mm -hmm. don't really fear that anymore. Is that a shame that we've lost, that the movie critics are no longer feared by the studios? Kind of. It's it's a it's a weird thing because, like, th they um, it, there was a list a while ago where... I was actually thinking about like looking into the the you know is the does the internet outrage machine really work because you get to see people saying you know Transformers sucks it's the worst movie ever and then people still pile in to go see it and then something like Snakes on a Plane the internet was go oh my god this is going to be the greatest thing ever and then it has like a mediocre opening and then Serenity comes along oh my god Joss Whedon's finally doing a you know a Serenity movie oh Firefly fans and then it, it opens like it doesn't do that well and then Kingdom of the Crystal Skull comes along oh my god this is going to be terrible and it makes a billion dollars that's a weird element of fandom. They go into a movie wanting to hate it. I know for the last two Transformers movies, some of the friends that, that I saw go into it were, I want to see how bad it is. So I think that almost mm -hmm. goes into the so bad it's good thing, which I don't really want to get into tonight. There is that element when you're talking about like Crystal Skull. People mm -hmm. didn't go, I want, hope this is good. They're like, man, I just got to see how bad. Yeah, but they're like they don't realize that they're they're being part of the problem. I don't think it really has uh, anything too much to do with uh, the critics themselves. I think it was due to the dawning like focus groups. I think focus groups have really ruined uh, cinema in a big way and ruined a lot of things in a big way because you've essentially got a group of like 20 something random people who come into a screening to watch a movie and then tell the filmmakers what's good or what doesn't work and and the opinion of the movie and and how it will ultimately end up being is is based on these these 20 random people and then the studios will still put stuff out and things will still make money and things will still be marketable and yet people will go oh well this looks terrible and then they'll go see a movie anyway and they'll vote with their wallets and then more and more sequels get made. That's why that's why the Transformers movies keep uh, keep going. It's because even if people say that they hate them, they, they're still going to see them in theaters. People are going in droves to see these movies that they're like, oh, well, they, it looks like shit. I'm going to go see it so I can see how shitty it is. Stop fucking doing that. If you don't want these movies to do well, if you don't want shitty movies to be in the limelight, just fucking torrent them and let them die. Well, what about then when the critic is too important? There's two examples that have come out in the last few years. Fans wanted to like a movie so much that they were unwilling to hear any dissent. It happened with Dark Knight Rises. I think it was the Metacritic site. They got DDoS off the internet because they did they were the first people to give a negative review to Dark Knight Rises. When and then it's just even got worse with Guardians of the Galaxy. When a major when a critic for one of the major papers, a female, so that's why this made news more, she had her life threatened 
for not liking Guardians of the Galaxy. And remember, the movie hadn't come out yet, so the fans didn't know whether they would actually like it or not. She had death threats mailed to her because she did not like it. People were saying, you're not human if you don't like this movie. Wow. At that point, the fanboys have won. I mean, a movie like Guardians of the Galaxy and is almost critic-proof in, in an example like that, isn't it? If you love it, then you're, you're one of us. If you hate it, we're going to make you pay. That almost makes the movie critic-proof, doesn't it? It's very Orwellian. It is. Mm -hmm. I mean, to threaten the critic's life, because even if you did it as just sort of an internet troll thing, to threat it, threaten a critic's life because you disagreed with their view on a movie. Mm -hmm. I think that says more about your stupid inbred ass than anything else. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird. Um, people get very passionate about things and they don't seem to understand that they don't seem to understand opinion. Like uh, if, if you it, here's the thing, it's like I like something you dislike the same thing. We're both My opinion right. is Cecil's one of the smartest people on the Internet that's always wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, it's like two people can have, you know, can watch the same thing and have different opinions, but they're both right. And uh, there are just uh, some folks on the Internet that they just they have this ungodly image of something that, oh, my God, this is going to be the greatest thing ever. And if they hear anybody who says differently, well, that person is obviously wrong. And they don't seem to understand how to agree to disagree. It's like, okay, you like that, or I love something. You don't like something that I love. That doesn't mean that that thing that I love is not as good anymore. It just means that somebody doesn't like it. And yeah. for them to, to go and, and do death threats and all that, like that is such a stupid thing because the, the honestly, the people that are doing that, are too stupid to know any better and a lot of them just have freaking it's showing a mental health issue in the country it seems like depending on the movie studio or the or a movie in question it's it's like some of them really are just golden calves like a sacred cows or whatever the whatever the term is but there are just some things that you're not allowed to question you're not allowed to say that that a Christopher Nolan movie might have sucked you're not allowed to say that that Guardians of the Galaxy might not have been as as good as a lot of people say it was. I personally enjoyed it, but I didn't think it was that great, which I'm sure I'll be receiving death threats about. It's <laughs> uh, it's really just it's it's apples and oranges. And as Cecil said, that you're allowed to have an opinion. You're not necessarily wrong or right. If one person likes a movie and another person doesn't like it, then that's just it. It's personal taste. One person liked it, the other person didn't. I I'm constantly. Uh, people are getting getting into it with me whenever I mention that I'm excited about about Batman versus Superman. I mean, people are like, "Well, didn't you see Man of Steel? Didn't you see how awful Man of Steel is? Haven't you seen Man of Steel? Was awful. Just you quiet, quiet. Let me let me get to my <laughs> let me get to my fucking point. People are like, "How could you be excited for Ben Affleck as Batman? Haven't you seen Geely? Don't you know what happens when that man is is behind the camera? I mean, these are people who." I mean, he didn't Tony, direct Geely. No, he didn't. There, there are people that are like, haven't you seen what that happened with that? Rest. The last thing about critics is, what do you expect when you have a critic that's known, whether they're an internet critic or an older style, for hating a certain genre? Like, like with Siskel and Ebert, 
with the exception of Halloween, which they somehow gave a pass to, they shit all over every slasher movie or horror movie that they encountered. So at that point, you got to go to like the Chicago Sun-Times or the Chicago Tribune and go, why do you even bother sending them to <laughs> slasher movies? Yeah. You, know, you know they're going to hate it. Or is it that you send them to two slasher movies because you know they're going to hate it? You know, I you have certain critics right. nowadays that hate comic book movies. That They'll just gush and cream themselves over the latest period piece where a, a woman is playing a man who's actually pretending to be a woman in 18th century France. They'll cream themselves over that. But, oh, it's based <laughs> on a comic book? It's like stupid kid stuff. I know what I like and I know what I dislike. And the thing is with me, I am not a fan of Westerns. Uh, I mean, there has to be something funky like Oblivion, you know, mm. where it's uh, where it's an alien Western. Like it has to be something different. Just a regular old uh, Western. I'm not really big on and I'm not a fan of sports movies because I don't like sports. So mm. primarily I avoid them. And I think that because going in more than likely, I'm not going to like it because I don't give it like I'm not going to watch. There was that um, Kevin Costner movie that came out not too long, a draft day. And I'm mm. like, you know what? I'm sure it's a very well put together, well directed, well acted movie about something that I could not give a shit about. So if <laughs> I was to watch it, I probably would give a review saying that I don't like it. And yeah. the problem with a lot of the reviewers is that uh, you need to have a cup. You need to have a little bit of variety. You need to have not just one guy on staff, but you need to have like two or three people, you know, people that maybe, uh, you know, this guy, he, he likes, you know, those period pieces and whatnot, but uh, he doesn't like sp superhero movies. OK, well, then you get a guy that likes superhero movies and doesn't like period piece movies. So yeah. you send him to those. So you kind of know like what to expect, because like there are movies that I enjoy. I like slasher films, but I'll if I see one that's shitty, I'll point out that it's shitty. See, so yeah. I do got to say I agree with you that sports movies generally suck but when you get an insane director and an amazing cast you get any given sunday which is probably the best sports movie sports exploitation movie ever made i don't get into sports ball i don't get into sports ball in real life i don't get into <laughs> sports ball in movies i mean when mm -hmm. you get an insane exploitation director like oliver stone okay that's different but yeah the majority the majority of sports movies sports ball Sports ball movies are, are <laughs> just I, I do not care. And and it cracks me up because every now and then they'll have one and it'll be about the nitty gritty of football. And it'll just be <laughs> this insane cast of amazing actors. Any given and Sunday. I'll, any given Sunday. You know, I mean, and, and I just like I'm like, oh, I really can't be bothered. But I saw that in the theater because it was Oliver Stone. <laughs> Critics, at least the the types like Siskel and Ebert that would just bash on movies uh, for not even having uh, uh, they they would I think I, I I heard Brad say this I forget what video it is but they will they will review and criticize something that doesn't even have the the merits that they're criticizing it for like they'll review a slasher movie. And, and look at it like it's supposed to be this, like, fancy period piece or, or something. Like, they can't just sit down and watch a movie for what it is and criticize it or review it for that. 
which I think is is a problem. I think you need to be at least a little bit eclectic when it comes to movies that you're into. You you should be. They're, I, they're predisposed to not like yeah. the movie. Yeah, exactly. Which I think is a problem, and it's something. And Cecil mentioned this that if you're if you're gonna go send out a critic uh, to review, say, let's say like a science fiction action movie. Uh, send the critic that's into more of, of that kind of stuff and send your period piece fan to a period piece movie because I think ultimately what you want to do is market a certain movie to a certain audience. If the period piece guy doesn't like the period piece movie, then that's probably a good indication that fans of those kind of movies aren't really going to dig it. And if you send your action guy or your horror guy to the horror movie and he comes back from it saying, uh, you know, gives his detailed critique of why he or she didn't like it then that's going to be a good indication to the to the horror fanboys and the sci-fi fanboys that hey you know this this really doesn't sound very good because the the didn't really like it i think you need that that eclecticism in movie in movie criticism in in movie reviewing and i and i think when it comes to the sports ball stuff for me i'm not really that big of a fan of it either but there, there's still an, there should still be some form of, of eclecticism, even when it comes to that, because while I'm not a fan of the sports ball thing and I don't really play sports, there are sports movies that I've watched simply because it was directed by somebody that I like or it has a feature that I enjoy. Like, I really like, uh, from 1986, uh, The Best of Times, which is Robin Williams and Kurt Russell getting a football team together to kind of relive their their glory days or whatever. And that's actually a really, really good movie, and it's got a lot of heart in it. And, it, and the sports in it, the sports ball doesn't overtake the film. I was reminded by Escape to Victory, which is the Stallone film where he plays uh, soccer in the war, I think, against the Nazis. Which With Ming the Merciless! Yes, <laughs> and that one is... Uh, that's actually a cool premise because it's not just sports ball overtaking it. It's it's uh, American POWs playing soccer against Nazis in a war setting. Like that's a actually true story too. Yeah, that's actually really cool. Like sometimes you, know, you, you shouldn't overlook something just because it's something you wouldn't normally watch. It's like you go, well, this is a sports movie, but it's a soccer team fighting against Nazis, and it's got Sylvester Stallone in it, so that's kind of cool. And it's like, oh, well, this is a football movie, but it's it's Kurt Russell and Robin Williams. Like, that's an interesting pair-up. So I think not having uh, – I'm not saying you, people should be eclectic. You should have some eclecticism because without it, you're only going to enjoy one certain thing, and you're going to hate everything else by default. And by doing that, well, you're just going to be a grumpy fucking sand vagina, and who wants that? Back to me, I take it. <laughs> so, Cecil, I've been very critical of you, as I think you deserve the criticism, as, as per the dictionary definition. But where can people see you being wrong about movies? You can see me being so right... Uh, that I was brought in by the brought into the hallowed halls of the Escapist. So you can find me over at escapistmagazine.com. You can find me at goodbadflix.com. You can find me at geekjuicemedia.com. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all that fun stuff. And Cecil does more than just swear at a webcam for ten minutes. Yet he's not nearly as popular. The world, Sadly. the world will always baffle me. So Speaking go of... watch my stuff and and make me popular. Damn it. Speaking of baffling, Peter, for some reason, people trust your opinion on things. Why and where? Uh, people trust my opinion on things because I'm bigger and more muscular than most, so they just fear that I'm going to smash a hole into their face with my fist. Um, so 
if if you want to stay nice and obedient and uh, have the functioning use of your legs, uh, you can come on down and agree with me on YouTube, The Cinemasochist, Facebook, at Cinematica. Uh, actually, no, that's Twitter, at Cinematica, Facebook, The Cinemasochist, and on 1201beyond.com, where you can uh, listen to me and watch me talk about movies that I love and agree with me, because if you don't, well, I'll, I'll have to kick your ass, and uh, it's just the way it is. I'm not scared of you. Neither is anyone at 1201beyond.com, which is where you can find me. You can also get t-shirts and whatnot. And you can contact this show at 1201beyond at gmail.com if you have criticism about our criticism of the critics. But then if you're criticizing our criticism of the critics, then aren't you a, then aren't you a critic that's criticizing our criticism of the critics? Sit on that one.
Radio Drome is a 1201 Beyond production. Visit 1201beyond.com for more great shows.